Hello and welcome to the Living Deeply Stories podcast. I'm your host, Meryl Parker, and today I'm going to talk about From Boredom to Bliss with One Decision. So this is a story about my last weekend and how I created a shift in consciousness, a shift in my emotional state and my state of being with just one simple decision. So let me get into it. So yes, the past weekend. Okay, the weekend before I started feeling so bored with my life. I, you know, I am having treatment on the Friday and so I have to kind of rest on the weekend. I mean, I feel like resting a lot or I have felt like resting a lot. But so I haven't really had a lot to do. I haven't had many social engagements and anyway because most of my friends all have small kids and family life so they're not really free on the weekend most of the time anyway. So I spent a lot of time by myself in November and yes, last weekend I just, the weekend before I was just so bored and I was like, okay, this is, okay, let me just feel this boredom. And maybe we'll get to a different layer underneath that because I learned about karma yoga, which is yoga through doing. So yoga means union and um, karma means work. So it's a a work union. So what it is is that when you, not a a labor union, but it's like when you're washing the dishes that you're really present with washing the dishes or if you're, I don't know, hanging out the clothes, whatever you're doing, being really present with that thing, not having, you know, a podcast on or uh, music or anything, but just being really present with whatever you're doing. And this is a type of meditation or yoga. And what it does, as I learned in Absolute Happiness, which was the first book that I read about manifesting when I was 24, and it it uh, changed my life. I, yeah, so what happens in, with karma and yoga is that there are different layers that you experience. So the first layer is your personality. So that chatterbox in your head that's talking, talking, talking about, you know, having conversations with people, making Instagram posts or whatever it is, um, the dialogue that's going on. So that's the first layer. And then the next layer is boredom. Then you experience boredom. And what we normally do when we experience boredom is we try and do something about it, right? We try to, we we maybe like, I'm bored, I'll call a friend, or I'm bored, I'll go eat something, or I will go out somewhere, you know, so whatever it is. I'll scroll on, I'll look at what other people are doing on online or whatever, or I read something, even if it's something, you know, that's healthy for you. It's where there's this feeling of boredom, but what will come if instead you feel that feeling of boredom? So according to Michael Domenico Roland from Absolute Happiness, he talks about in karma yoga that after boredom you experience anger. So there's these layers of emotions that are buried inside of you, inside your body, in the 
yoga teachers say we store our issues in our tissues. So yoga, physical yoga helps to release this. And so also uh, karma yoga does. So under the boredom, there's anger. And so we feel that anger. And normally when we might feel anger, if we're not aware, we might you know, direct it at someone or something in our life and then go and get mad at someone or confront someone or get mad at ourselves, whatever it is. But the point with karma yoga and in meditation also is that you just be with the feeling and you feel it until it releases. And then under anger is sadness so I have heard that if people who often feel anger feel anger more often don't let themselves feel sadness and I, I definitely think this is true for me I, I more often feel anger than sad, sadness for sure uh, but also I have also heard from I think it's Michelle Panic, Panning, she has a podcast, Unfuck Your Relationships, maybe I heard it from her, that people who don't let themselves feel sadness, don't let themselves feel, no, people who feel sadness more don't let themselves feel anger. So that is something to consider also. I wouldn't know about that but so much personally but I can definitely think of a few people that I know that perhaps that is true for so just think about if you feel sadness more perhaps there is um, anger that you are stopping yourself from feeling unconsciously and Yes, so just by being with the feelings, we feel them and we release them. So yes, that is different from being in your head and, you know, like this conversation going on and, um, you know, over. I, I wrote a blog post on this this week about which emotions to feel that we're not like future projecting or we're not getting triggered from the past, like something that happened in the past and now you're like dragging the past into the present and being like that thing happened therefore this thing has to this thing's going to happen in the same way and like the emotion you experience so someone might say something to you and then you have an overreaction to what they say like you feel so insulted or you feel hurt by what that person said but it's not really about what they said it's like that you're one of your parents said that or didn't say that or didn't give you what you needed like when you were a kid, which most of our parents didn't because they're just like living their lives too and doing the best that they can as well. But we, yeah, so we carry these hurts from our childhood or even from our adulthood into our present so just by being with the feeling and feeling it like but to do that you have to feel it in your body so you have to just be with the feeling 
or just be present and the, the feeling will naturally release. So how do we feel present? That's the thing. That's the million dollar question because that's the hardest part, right? Like we try to be present and then all these feelings come back in or these thoughts come back in. And that's the other thing is that when we are being present, so the mind, now Joe Dispenza says that it's the body that does this, but I reflected on it on the weekend and I asked my intuition and other teachers say that it's the mind, like Eckhart Tolle. Um, and I personally feel I experience where the thought, if the thought comes first or the emotion. So I actually experience that the thought come, comes first and then the emotion. So, yeah, so when we're being present, the mind, the egoic mind, which is the amygdala, which is there to keep us safe, so it activates the fight or flight response in um, when there's conflict or a, a situation. But that part, I mean, I'm not a neuroscientist, but I, from what I have read, that the amygdala, you know, it remembers things and it uh, saves our experiences, our memories with emotion. So things that have high emotion get remembered um, most of all, whether it's good or bad. So you can also use it positively as well. So where was I going with this? I was saying that, yes, when we are uh, just present, then, or practicing presence, I like to say practicing presence because it's a practice. You don't have to be perfect at it. It's good enough to practice it. So when we're practicing presence, maybe we're focusing on our heart, focusing on our breath or focusing on looking at something, the tree outside the window or whatever it is, your child or your pet, uh, whatever it is being present, then a thought will come in because what is known to the mind, the egoic mind. So I'm just going to say the mind and just know that I mean the egoic mind or the amygdala. So the thought will come in to disturb that presence, right? So it's like suddenly like you're like, oh my God, I was so happy in this moment. And then suddenly a thought comes in to, to disturb you. And then your, emo your body has an emotional response and then that emotional response, because your vibration has shifted then, may cause the, the mind to receive even more thoughts on, on like going down this, this uh, more negative path or this worrisome path. So yeah, there's a few things that I'm I'm just I'm just saying this off the cuff. Like I didn't expect to start talking about this. I just when I wrote down today, I'm like, I wanna be more focused in what I'm talking about. So I wrote a list of what I was going to talk about and this is like totally not what I plan to talk about, but I'm just gonna go with it. So yes, what I'm the people don't actually know. Scientists don't know, apparently, where thought comes from. 
So we know that when you have a thought, it's two neurons wiring and firing together or a neuron and a receptor, I don't know the exact, maybe neurons wiring and firing together. So the brain cells wiring and firing together. And, but no one knows where thoughts come from. So according to Abraham, the law of attraction teacher, they say that we receive thought according to our vibrational reality. So yes, there are two things playing out here. There is like the metaphysical and also what is happening in our mind and body. So you must have experienced that, that like say you have a problem and you go for a walk and then you come back with a solution. So that's like a shift in the vibration. So you're, the vibration of the problem is not the same as that of the solution. That's also an Abraham Hicks quote. So when we're in the question, we're not in the answer. So that's the thing, like we're questioning about something, but then when we go off and do something else, then we receive the answer. So you might have experienced that. Maybe you do the crossword and you experience that, how you're doing it, and then it's like later when you're doing something else, the answer comes to you or whatever it is. I'm sure everyone experiences this in their work. Uh, so, Yes, the mind tries to disturb us, though, the amygdala, to keep us safe, to keep us in the known, because what is familiar is the known. And, you know, so there's less um, dangers then because, you know, it's like better the devil you know than the devil you don't. So for the, for the amygdala. So whenever we try to break out and do something different, we're going to receive a lot of these thoughts, so these criticisms from our our mind. But the more we do something, the easier it gets, the more the mind relaxes and we just don't have to really bother about the inner critic or the the mind in that way. So like I experienced this say with when people talk about the inner critic to do with creativity, well I have practice writing for 15 years so I I don't really experience the inner critic when I'm writing anymore because I just get in the flow and I don't even read over what I have done until you know I've finished the first draft of something so yeah I, I'm just in the flow and I have done it so many times and I tell myself well it doesn't really matter because I'm just like receiving the information right now channeling the flow So yeah, so there is a bit on the inner critic and the mind, a bit of background information. So I hope that makes sense to you. If it doesn't, just send me a message, a, a DM on my Instagram at Parker underscore XX. The link is in the show notes. Or you, if you're in my newsletter community, you can reply to one of my emails to ask and if you're not in the newsletter community, then you can get on the list. And if you just go to my web website at morelparker.com and the link is in the show notes, of course. So, my dear, let me go back to my story. 
So that's a bit of background information on the mind and what we're dealing with. And like I consider myself to be a pretty emotionally stable person, except in the last month because of, you know, bringing my book out, Love Queen, The Making of a Master. You know, that is a new experience. And so there has been some just issues to do with communication with the publishing company but that's all fine now or better so it's out but yes maybe this is why all this stuff has been coming up for me and you know normally getting back to boredom I I have you know my week is full with me doing my stuff or my writing my book or working or whatever I had to do so now I was at this point where I don't have to, I mean, I still have a lot of things that I want to do and do do during the week, but I found myself being bored on the weekend. So this Saturday afternoon, I came home and I decided, so here is the one decision and the point of this podcast episode is that I decided not to watch TV anymore. How long for? Maybe I I thought I'll do this until New Year's or maybe till my birthday and see how it goes. And I have done this before when I go through my reading retreats when I find that I'm not reading and I'm just watching TV and stuff all the time and it's not even really good stuff. So I earlier in the year did a reading retreat and the year before as well where I spent about six weeks not watching any TV and just reading or doing housework which is what I naturally tend to do more of when I don't get so lazy watching TV and I I do when I say okay I'll get to the part about what what TV does. I'll tell it that. Okay. So when I watch TV, it makes me into a zombie. And the point of TV is to put us into, well, it does put us into a hypnotic state. So when I'm watching, when I, you know, I just watch it at night when all my work is done and when I maybe come home from dancing or whatever. And for me, it's a way that I I want to, you know, I've spent the whole day alone mostly. So I, it's a way to connect to the outside world, to people, and it feels like a treat as well. So I watch TV, but then I can't be bothered cooking. I can't be bothered, like, feeding myself. Like, so... so Sometimes I'll just have like a smoothie and popcorn for dinner because I can't be bothered. So these are, and then the other thing is that it, okay, I like watching YouTube as well. And sometimes it's good, but often it's not. And I find myself just watching stuff because it's like playing on the pokey machines at the casino. So there are, you know, dopamine is the chemical in our brain that 
delivers, I think it's like the pleasure chemical. Um, it makes us addicted to things. So, for example, say we, we do a mark off things on our to-do list, that also delivers dopamine. But when you are, you know, at the casino or whatever, taking drugs or like in an addictive way or watching YouTube, like I, I felt watching like I was, yeah, like it's like you can't stop. So it's like you've watched one and then it's time to go to bed, but I can't be bothered going to bed. And so I just watch one more, just one more, you know, and um, in the end I end up watching things that I don't want to watch. Like, and it's like, okay, it was, it was interesting, but it wasn't really that interesting. Uh, so, and the same with when I watch Netflix, uh, the shows are set up so you keep on wanting to watch the next show and I noticed they do this with regular TV now as well when I was watching like Seinfeld and um, Big Bang Theory on the regular station they would just go from one episode to the next without having a break in between so that you keep on watching and yeah it's the same like Netflix and like I was watching The Crown a few times in the last few weeks and I just found, like, it made me feel off. Like, there's always a conflict going on. There's always something, like, serious. The Queen, you know, she doesn't seem, like, really happy. Uh, and it was just making me feel, it was putting me in a lower vibrational state, a kind of a, a slight state of anxiety. And, you know, like, when we're in that state, then we are even more likely to keep on watching because we're looking for that fix from there. So social media does this as well, is that they have algorithms that put us into a slight state of anxiety so that we keep on using the app because we keep on searching for this thing that we're never going to find there or we might get like, some likes or some comment or whatever it is and then we get that dopamine hit and then it keeps us coming back to it so yeah so there's this connection there that I noticed between yeah I don't know where I'm going with this <laughs> anyway you get the point okay so that was the reason why I decided I didn't want to watch tv anymore because, yeah, like, that's my family then. And I don't want the TV to be my family when it's not really giving me that much. So, on Saturday afternoon when I came home, I decided to just stare at the tree outside my window instead. And so I lay in bed and I looked at the tree outside my window for hours. And I would sometimes write in my journal... And I would like I would tune into my own intuition. So I was having questions about things, and my mind was going, "Oh, why don't you like check this or check that? Like, go look online, you know, like to find the answer." But rather than doing that, I just tuned in and see. That's the other thing. I didn't want to be on online all weekend either. So. That was my other restriction. So instead, I just tuned into intuition. I would ask my body questions and my inner being would answer the questions and I'd write it down in my journal just slowly. 
and so yeah I spend a lot of I spend a lot of Saturday afternoon to evening doing that and then at when nighttime came I just turned the lights off and I really looked out the window at the sky and the tree making shapes and like this was the way of practicing presence it's not like you know sometimes my mind would have questions or as I talked about before tried to you know distract but generally generally I was feeling really blissful in that state and I was just so happy and my friend Ness called and then we talked for an hour and then I went back to and when it was then time to sleep I I went to sleep I think at like nine o'clock or something like that and I slept till 5am so I had a full night's sleep which is another reason with the TV and the screens is what I notice is that I don't sleep that well or I sometimes I do but then other times I don't and I you know I might be able to get to sleep but then I I wake up at like 2 30 in the morning and then I'm like okay I need to get back to sleep so I will watch some something else so since I or I will like listen to a podcast or I will watch some YouTube so that I fall asleep and yeah I'm not I'm not happy with that so this since I did since I started this on Saturday not watching TV I have yeah I had one bad night's sleep but that was because on so this was on Monday night I was so present <laughs> that I I ended up working like from 10.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. and with barely a break. Like I just stopped and had lunch for half an hour. But then I like, like just hours went by and I was so absorbed in what I was doing. But then I was on the screen till, till, till 7.30. So I think that was too late for me to be on. So that day... I did wake up at like 1.30 a.m. after going to sleep at 9 p.m. And then I couldn't get back to sleep really. I tried to get back to sleep. I just lay there and thought I was awake. But maybe I did sleep sometimes. But anyway, the point is that another benefit that has come out of not watching TV has been having better sleep. And then I wake up early and I'm like, you know, so now it's nine here and um, already done quite a lot of things, like had a, I mean, a nice morning routine rather than just rushing straight into things. And yeah, I'm feeling, so better sleep is one of the advantages that I've found for my bliss. And then the other thing is, uh, really focused like finishing things so rather than you know like starting doing something and then like can't be bothered and not finishing it like the dishes or whatever like or you know I might normally I might be like I'll leave these dishes till later and now I'm just like doing the dishes and like this is a positive thing you might think 
you know, but what about relaxing? But it feels really relaxing to have all your dishes done, like, and then to go, like, because otherwise I'm walking around the house being like, okay, I need to do the dishes, I need to do this, I need to do that, but now it's, like, all done. So that is relaxing and it's not, like, much more of an effort and I feel generally genuinely energized and rested at the same time and I thought about how I sometimes think about this how the reason I love going to Bali so much is that I can sit and stare at the plants and I can journal casually or just like go with the flow and do whatever I feel like doing go for a walk every morning and for some time I have had the intention to recreate that in my home where just allowing myself on the weekend, for example, or you know, when I really feel like it, to 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 sit in bed if I want to and to or sit on the couch and just like look at the tree out the window and just be or journal. So I can create that in my own home. The other advantage that has come from, as I mentioned before, is that I'm like cooking, like I care about cooking again, like not that I I really cook long recipes, but like I care about eating again. Like I, before I was just kind of doing whatever was quickest and easiest and now I'm more thoughtful about what I, what I like I really was, I really couldn't be bothered before and now I'm, this week I've been making, like I bought some goat's cheese chèvre and asparagus and so I've been making salads with corn and goat's cheese and asparagus and then last night I made a pizza with uh with the goat's cheese and uh, artichoke and kalamata olives and this is when I came home from dancing at 8.30 so I normally would be really tired and like I just oh that was when it was most tempting like I just like to zone out on the couch then like put my legs up and relax and it was yeah so it was I was hungry and it was a bit of an effort to make that pizza it was not it didn't take long but Yes, I would have rather just like lie down, but actually I was so happy afterwards that I did it because the pizza was so delicious and I made a green salad to go with it and I I just felt really satisfied and yes, it was delicious and then I have the other pizza that I made as well while I was making that one to have today. So yeah, it's just really, really great to care about food again so yes as I said another benefit is getting actual chores done jobs around the house that like on Sunday I went to the beach in the morning and then I came back and I did these jobs that had been like I had put off for a while like recycling some stuff and from the garage and and just doing different things around the house that I needed to do. And then resting as well. Uh, 
So that is another advantage. Then the next advantage is that I have gone to the beach and, yeah, I have gone to the beach twice since I started this. So that is more than I have been doing the six months prior. And but finally here it's warm as well. And then the other one, the last and the most important benefit that I have received from this decision to not watch TV is tuning into my intuition more and having the dialogue in my journal. And so this is just from not this is not just from not watching TV, but also not scrolling or like not turning to anyone else like books or anyone because I'm just like, you know what, you've read the books, you know you know the answers are inside of you. Like you don't need to read the books again. Just like tune into your intuition and and dialogue and that has been, yeah, the greatest benefit has made me so blissful because before as well I was feeling a bit, I don't know, yes, lonely, bored and lonely and now I have my best friend which is my inner being and so I am not feeling lonely because I'm connected to myself. So, you know, I was seeking connection through the TV or the online but the connection is here inside of me and I think for anyone who is feeling lonely and bored, you could also try it, what I have been talking about to, to see if you are as blissful as I have been. So I think I will watch my one show that I like would really like to watch, which is it's called Guillaume in Paris and it's this chef. He's a French-Australian chef and he goes around a certain arrondissement in Paris and like suburb of Paris every episode and then he, you know, tells about the food traditions and then cooks some. So I really love that, that show and it's on a Thursday night normally. So I might still watch that show but you know what I'm going to do I'm going to like look up whether that show is actually on before I turn on the tv and then I'm just going to watch it and that's it so let's see how that goes but otherwise I'm really really happy with this I mean sometimes like last night when I came home and I was about to eat my pizza I was like yeah it would be so nice to just turn on the tv and like eat my pizza at the same time but instead I really ate my pizza and I tasted it and it was it was delicious unto itself so it was an experience and I fully enjoyed it because I was present and I was really tasting it rather than doing two things at once so I don't know if if anyone else needs to be as present as me but this definitely works for me in creating happiness and you know, you might not be someone who has as much time by themselves as I do, but I know a lot of people, especially my friends, are like, you know, there's a lot they have to do for their kids and like be in different situations that is not necessarily what they would choose. So they are super busy and bored. And um, so you can also practice this when you're amongst people as well, just like putting attention on your body. This is what Eckhart Tolle teaches in The Power of Now and A New Earth. And, um, yeah, so you can also practice this amongst company 
and you you just experience I, I experienced this as a teacher like when I was really present with my students like I just enjoyed class so much more and I'm sure the students did too so see how that goes and let me know Yes, and the other benefit, yes, I w and reading. I can read like on my, uh, like last night I started reading, I mean I have been reading Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance and so I read a chapter last night before I went to bed and it also helps me to sleep well doing that too. So that's another benefit from this is that I will definitely read more, though I'm not going to do it like to cover up. A feeling. I'm going to spend most of my time connecting with myself and being present. So yes, more energized and more focused, like I said, super absorbed in whatever I'm doing. And yes, that is my story of how I went from boredom to bliss with one decision and all the benefits that I received from it. So I hope you have enjoyed the show. Don't forget to, or please remember to, to like and no, to, to subscribe and uh, leave me a review so that more people can find the show if you enjoyed it. And, um, and also to check out Love Queen, The Making of a Master, which is out now on Amazon in all the different regions. And the link is in the show notes too. So I wish you much presence for the coming week and bliss as well. Bye for now.